All right, wrestling fans, it is time once again. Here is Southern Dynamite giving you Pro Wrestling America, and not just any Pro Wrestling America card. This is Pro Wrestling America's Wednesday Night Warriors during Thanksgiving week. Doing a brief rundown of the card from Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, we have some great matches with PG-13 having their issues. Buzz Sawyer defending the television title. The Nightmares defending the American Tag Team titles. Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert and Raven facing off against Gentleman Chris Adams and Honky Tonk Man in a tag team match. Terry Gordy and Terry Funk facing off in a match. And then the main event tonight is a stretcher match to end it all. Brad Armstrong versus Billy Gunn with some big stipulations and some big consequences in that match. And you'll find out more about that when we get to that match. But if we want to get to the main event, we have to get to the first match. And that match has T.D. Steele facing off against Wolfie D. And Wolfie D tries to make a statement with the jobber. He sits on top of Steele for the pin, but Steele counters it with a modified sunset flip to get the pin. Ice jumps into the ring and PG-13 starts to double-team Steele until Rough and Ready rush the ring. Your winner in a time of 3 minutes 56 seconds is TD Steele. Outside the ring, Ice demands a match with either Rough or Ready to even the score. Both Rough and Ready challenge Ice to get into the ring. The match begins as a brawl between the two tag teams until Wolfie and Reddy tumble through the ropes to the floor. Manning calls for the bell. Ice begins to showboat like Wolfie had done in the previous match. Ice drop kicks Ruff in the face, knocking him out of the ring next to Wolfie and Reddy. Wolfie slams both men's head together before rolling Reddy into the ring. Ice comes off the side ropes with a flying bulldog to pin Reddy. As PG-13 celebrates, Ruff gets on the ring apron and protests that he was the legal man in the match. Manning says he couldn't tell and let the match stand. Your winner, J.C. Ice, in a time of 1 minute, 8 seconds. The four men brawled until it was broken up by T.D. Steele. The four turn on him, but Special Delivery Jones made the save. Steele and Jones handily chased PG-13 and Ruff and Reddy out of the ring. Jones grabbed the mic and put the American Tag Team Division on notice. He had found a new tag team partner who was as worthy as Bobo Brazil had been during their World Tag Team title run. He and TD Steele were going to take the American Tag Team titles, especially if the two tag teams they had just run out of the ring were top contenders. The Nightmares should be ready for them to take the titles away from them. Jimmy Golden comes out to interrupt Jones's rant. Golden tells Jones that he needs to pay more attention to what's right in front of him. A man he couldn't beat on his best day. Jones challenges Golden to a match. Golden tells Steele to get out of the ring and pull up a chair so he might learn how to wrestle. As Golden climbs onto the ring apron, Jones nails him with a forearm smash. Manning calls for the bell as Jones drags Golden into the ring and whips him across the into the ropes. Jones nails him with a headbutt to the men's section. Jones keeps control of the match by using repetitive headbutts. 
Golden tries to gain control with a rake of the eyes. That brings Steele out of his chair at ringside. Golden gets distracted into an argument with Steele. Steele picks up his chair. Manning climbs out of the ring to tell Steele to move away from the ring. Golden turns around to get caught in a spinebuster slam by Jones. Jones bounces back to his feet and drops five successive falling headbutts to Golden's chest and shoulders. He waits for Golden to get back to his feet. Once Golden turns around, Jones hits him with a fast press for the pin in a time of 5 minutes, 37 seconds. Your winner, Special Delivery Jones. When the bell rings, the smoking guns rush the ring. Jones and Steele make their way back to the dressing room unharmed. Golden throws a fit in the ring while the guns try to calm him down. After the guns leave the ring with Golden and David Manning, Buzz Sawyer makes his way out to the ring with the TV title draped over his shoulder. Since Special Delivery Jones had just been in a match, he challenges anyone to take the title belt from him. He gets into a bit of his typical mad dog rambling, talking about having run off everyone who has ever beaten him for the title. Third time's a charm, and he plans to keep the title until he's tired of it. Savannah Jack's music begins to play. He reminds Sawyer that he had promised a rematch from last week. Since Jones already had a match this week, why not make it this week? My music starts to play. I agree with both of them that last week's match was great. I would give them one more chance to face each other to see who was the better wrestler. I also extend the time limit from 15 minutes to 20 minutes. They should be able to take care of business in that extra five minutes. Jack makes his way down to the ring. As he climbs into the ring, Buzz hands the title belt to Tommy Young. Young displays it to the crowd before calling for the bell. The match was an instant classic. Both men had great moments in the match. Both men had the chance to put their opponent away. But even the extended time limit wasn't enough for them. The bell rings as Jack was getting ready to plant Buzz in the middle of the ring with a pile driver. He drops Buzz and steps towards Young. The crowd boos as Young shrugs his shoulders. He points to his watch and says, time's up. Jack asks for five more minutes, but Young says he's already gotten it. Buzz gets back to his feet and asks for the mic. He calls me out. Jack stands up next to him as my music begins to play. I emerge at the entrance ramp, shaking my head. I tell them I've done everything I'm going to do. If they want to try again next week, they're welcome to sign the contract for it to happen. I also suggest there might need to be some stipulation involved to make sure the time limit wasn't to blame. But I also said I wasn't going to remove the time limit for a television title match. I gave them a couple of days to figure out something and leave. Buzz and Jack look at each other. Neither is happy, but they leave the ring together. The crowd has a mixed reaction. Some booing because the match is over without a victory for either side. Some are cheering because they're going to see it to see another match next week. All right, next match, second title match on the card. American tag team titles on the line as the Nightmares defend against the tag team of Gino Hernandez and Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony. Gino and Dirty White Boy make their way out to the ring, declaring themselves to be the new American Tag Team Champions. The Nightmares make their way out to the ring. Dirty White Boy charges the ropes and the Nightmares back up from the ring apron. The challengers laugh at the champions.
Nick Patrick backs the challengers away from the rope so that the champions can climb into the ring. As the champions get out of their ring jackets, the challengers attack. Patrick calls for the bell. All four men brawl for the first four minutes of the match before Patrick can create some order. Finally, Danny and Gino are left in the ring. Gino takes control of the match for a while. He and Dirty White Boy cut off the ring for more than six minutes with constant double teams and quick tags. Dirty White Boy has Danny up in a suplex or brain buster, but Ken gets impatient and nails him from behind with a dropkick to the back of the head. Dirty White Boy drops Danny back to, onto his feet. His head collides with Gino's. Patrick moves Ken back into his corner. About this time, Missy Hyatt comes down to the ring. She seems to enjoy what she is seeing from Gino and Dirty White Boy. Ken tells her to go back to the dressing room. Gino climbs into the ring to take over the action. He cuts Danny off in the middle of the ring with an elbow drop to the small of the back. He spits at Ken, which draws him back into the ring. Nick Patrick cuts him off. As he spots Missy outside the ring, Gino begins to showboat a bit. Danny ducks a clothesline and wraps around Gino with a crucifix. Gino begins to stumble with the extra weight, but Missy motions for him to come by her. Sunshine makes her way down to the ring. She shoves Missy into the ring apron. As Missy flails out, she trips Gino. Gino falls over and Danny rolls his shoulders to the mat. Gino kicks out at one as the women catfight outside the ring. Gino quickly tags in Dirty White Boy. Danny almost makes it to his corner, but Dirty White Boy grabs his feet and drags him into the middle of the ring. Danny manages to get to his feet as Gilbert, Raven, Adams, and Honky Tonk Man rush down to rescue their managers from each other. Danny manages to send Dirty White Boy into the Nightmare's Corner with a head scissors. Danny finally makes the tag. The rest of the match continued in a similar fashion. Both teams make great strikes to get the win, but neither could keep the other team down for the three count. The bell rings as Danny and Gino nail each other with a double clothesline. Both men stay down for a moment, just trying to catch their breath. Gino finally rolls over to the ropes and asks for the mic. Although a heel, he praises the Nightmares for their stamina against them. He asks for a rematch for the titles. Before the Nightmares can answer, Special Delivery Jones' music begins to play. Jones and Steele make their way to the ring. Jones talks about Gino and Dirty White Boy already having had their chance. The two of them weren't going to stand for a washed-up hack and a pretty boy getting another instant title shot. My music begins to play. I come out and say that I see both sides of the situation. I will schedule the Nightmare's next title defense to be December 8th in Peoria. However, their challengers would be the team who won the number one contender match next week in Champaign when Gino Hernandez and Dirty White Boy face off against Special Delivery Jones and T.D. Steele. The Nightmare seem to be the happiest with the announcement. They back away with the belts as Jones and Steele step into the ring and stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Gino and Dirty White Boy. The four get ready to brawl with each other until the lights go out. When the lights come back on, all four men are laid out in the middle of the ring. While the ring is being cleared out, Gilbert, Raven, and Missy are being interviewed by Lance Russell. It's been a long time since I've used Lance. They are talking about using this match coming up against Gentleman Chris Adams and Honky Tonk Man to get rid of the three thorns in their side when I approach them. I have two pairs of handcuffs in my hand. Missy gives me a disgusted look. I tell her she hasn't heard the worst of it yet. 
I say that I've had enough of matches where Missy and Sunshine are at ringside being derailed. This week, each woman will be handcuffed to a special enforcer to keep them from influencing the match. Gilbert demands to know who the enforcer will be. I say that will wait until everyone is at ringside. When both sides are in the ring, I emerge at the entrance ramp and announce that the special enforcer, with the privilege of being handcuffed to both Missy and Sunshine, is Rasta the Voodooman. Both women seem very displeased with this announcement. Missy says, I'd rather be handcuffed to the ring post than to that cannibal. Sunshine grabs the mic from Missy and says basically the same thing. I inform both women that whichever woman refuses to be handcuffed will make their team automatically forfeit the match. Begrudgingly, both women step out of the ring and are handcuffed to Rasta. With the women out of the way, the match begins with Raven and Honky Tonk Man starting it out. One-on-one doesn't last too long as Gilbert gets involved. Adams also gets involved. All four men eventually spill out of the ring. Adams lands at Rasta's feet. Missy slaps him. Rasta headbutts him. Sunshine tries to grab hold of Missy's hair behind Rasta's back, but he slams both women together. Adams, Honky Tonk Man, Gilbert, and Raven all brawl outside the ring while Nick Patrick counts. When he reaches the 10 count, he tries to get anyone to come back into the ring. However, all four men begin to chase after Rasta, who has put both women over his shoulders and walked back to the dressing room. Nick Patrick has no choice but to call for the bell and rule the match double count out in a time of six minutes, 50 seconds. There's so much more that could have been done with that match and definitely could have, but the Rasta angle was a little bit better. And especially seeing that David is somewhere around looking for Eddie Gilbert, who still has his world heavyweight title. We'll see how that goes in the future. All right, next match, match number seven on the card. Ravishing Rick Rude facing off against former tag team partner Chris Candido. So much could be said about this match, but it was cut short. While Tommy Young is knocked out, David Von Erich attacks Rude. Idol is behind him. All four men get into it. When Young comes to, he can't tell what's going on and throws the match out, disqualifying both men in a time of 16 minutes, 22 seconds. Again, another draw between these two to lengthen out the feud between them to give it a little bit more substance that now David Von Erich and Austin Idol have gotten into it. Could possibly see some tag team matches with these four guys. But now we get to the match that I've been looking forward to. The Battle of the Terrys. Terry Gordy facing off against Terry Funk. And Gordy and Funk tear into each other for the entire match. Nick Patrick quickly tires of trying to maintain law and order between the two monsters. He allows basically anything to happen in the match. Both men were drilled into chairs with pile drivers. When the time limit expired, the two were still going at it. Patrick tries to separate them, but Funk tosses him out of the ring. Both men continue to brawl until Funk gains the advantage with a fireman's carry into a Death Valley driver onto the spine of an unfolded chair. Gordy quivers as Bobby Heenan climbs into the ring. He hands Funk a spray can, and Funk paints Gordy's stomach yellow. 
Heenan looks into the camera and says, now he looks like the yellow belly coward that he is. Funk and Heenan leave the ring like they had just won the world heavyweight title instead of ending in a 30-minute time limit draw. Next match has Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels facing off against Universal Heartthrob Austin Idol. And this match barely gets underway before David rushes the ring and attacks Idol, causing the DQ. Daniels calls out the rest of the guns for hire. Idol slips away as the guns swarm the ring and attack the world champion. Wait, wait, why are they attacking the world champion? Because he stopped the match. He got involved in their business. He wants to prove himself to be the big monster heel. Let's take the heel stable and beat him up for a little while. But I take the opportunity here. Since all the guns for hire are in the ring, I come out. Billy throws David out of the ring and turns towards the instrument ramp when my music starts to play. I say that the main event for the evening is going to be a great one. It will be the match to end the feud between the strong army and the guns for hire for good. It will be a stretcher match. Either Billy or Brad will be carried out of the arena on a stretcher. The guns seem very happy with that stipulation. However, I go on to say, it will be a one-on-one match. Only Brad and Billy will be involved. Anyone else who gets involved in the match will be suspended from the PWA for 90 days. I look a little closer at the group and say, without pay. The guns get riled up at the insinuation, but Billy quickly gets everyone under control. He assures his stablemates that he has everything under control. He instructs everyone to leave the ring so that he can take care of Brad once and for all. The rest of the guns get to the top of the entrance ramp by me when David rolls back into the ring and applies the iron claw on Billy. Carino and Golden get in my face that David needs to be suspended. I ask, where's Brad? Where's the referee? The match hasn't started yet. With that, the guns rush back to the ring. David releases the claw and escapes into the crowd. Billy gets back to his feet and assures everyone he's still fine. The guns leave the ring again. When they are all backstage, Brad's music begins to play. Brad comes down to the ring with a baseball bat in his hand. Billy complains about it, but referee Tommy Young says there's no rules except for interference. Billy and Brad completely demolish the entire ringside area in this match. Tommy Young's job is to do a 15 count when a wrestler is laid out. When that happens, the other wrestler can strap him into the stretcher. Brad had five counts get to 11. Billy had six counts get to 12. But as Brad gains control of the match, Rasta the Voodoo Man rushes the ring with the handcuffs from Missy and Sunshine still attached to his wrist. He had connected the other ends. As Brad goes for a pile driver or power bomb on Billy, Rasta slides into the ring and, hand- and clotheslines him with the handcuffs. He wraps the chains around Brad's throat. Billy questions Rasta's presence but shrugs and starts kicking Brad in the stomach. Billy taps Rasta on the shoulder as Brad stops twitching. Rasta leaves the ring as Billy begins to celebrate the victory. Brad starts to move when Young's count reaches nine. He makes it back to his feet at 13. 
Billy rushes him for another clothesline, but Brad backdrops him over the top rope and through a table that had previously been set up at ringside. One of the few things still left standing at that point. As Brad tells Young to count on Billy, Steve Carino and Jimmy Golden sneak through the crowd and climb up into the ring behind Brad. They attack him from behind. Another rumble from the crowd as Golden climbs a turnbuckle to plant Brad with the spike pile driver. Jesse James Armstrong climbs over the guardrail and into the ring. Carino and Golden spike Brad and then turn their attention to Jesse James. He's able to hold both Carino and Golden off. He slams their heads together. As they are staggering, he produces a pair of brass knuckles from his jeans. Billy makes his way back onto the ring apron. He climbs the turnbuckle, but Brad cuts him off. Jesse James knocks both Carino and Golden out with the brass knuckles. Brad calls Jesse James over, and they double superplex Billy off the turnbuckle. Jesse says one more time. He picks Billy up and puts him back on the turnbuckle. He climbs to the top and sets him up for a pump handle slam. The ring shakes as both of them hit the canvas violently. Jesse James rolls off Billy and tells Young to count. Billy can't make the 15 count. The Armstrong brothers roll the stretcher over to the ring and strap Billy into it as Young calls for the bell. The rest of the guns come out, but the pyrotechnics cut them off at the entrance ramp. They retreat back as my music begins to play one last time. I announce that Carino, Rasta, and Golden have all given themselves 90 days suspensions. I turn to Jesse James and express my disappointment that this was his answer to my attempts at having him re-sign with the PWA. Now, every option that he might have had are on hold, as I won't even consider an offer to him for another 90 days to be fair to the guys on the roster who were just suspended. I thank the crowd for being there tonight as Jesse James shrugs me off and hugs his brother, raising his hand in victory. The crowd pops loudly. All right, so we have the Guns for Hire and Strong Army feud at an end. Brad Armstrong gets to be the one who ends it. Well, okay. I guess you could really say Jesse James Armstrong is the one who ended it since he was also the one who started it because Brad wasn't even in the PWA when this whole thing started. But we have some other great opportunities coming up for feuds as we end this one. We have a couple more that are just right there. I mean, we've got Special Delivery Jones and TD Steele with the Nightmares, PG-13, uh, Gino Hernandez, and... Dirty White Boy. We've got Buzz Sawyer and Savannah Jack. Maybe that might do some good there. I mean, there's always going to be the Eddie Gilbert, Raven, Chris Adams, Honky Tonk Man feud. I think that's just never going to die. But the one I am looking forward to, Terry Gordy and Terry Funk tearing into each other. I mean, that would be an awesome thing. And that is where we're going to end it this week. Next week, December 1st, we are in Memorial Stadium in Champaign. A couple of new faces will be there as I've got some space open for 90 days. See if anybody will take a short-term contract. But next week, we will have some interesting things going on because we will have the television title on the line, but we will also have the World Tag Team titles on the line. 
what's going to happen seeing that half of the tag team champions are suspended for 90 days and can't wrestle? We'll have to find out. But the main event for next week's card will be a 16-man battle royal. The winner getting a check for $10,000, which is not a bad chunk of change for a night. But I encourage you to be here next week for that, to see who the new guys are to replace the ones that have just been suspended. And we'll see what happens. All right, until then, this is Southern Dynamite thanking you for being a fan of Pro Wrestling America, the greatest fantasy wrestling league on the internet, encouraging you to be back for the confessional corner, the digging deeper as we get to the point of really wrestling with what is going on around us. And then I also want to take a moment to note as we look towards December as Next Wednesday will be the first special programming coming up on the podcast for both the days before Christmas as well as the days of the Christmas season. So the week before Christmas Eve, we will have devotions on these uh, seven O antiphons from the hymn O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And then we will have devotions on the 12 days of Christmas and what some of those gifts in the song might actually be. There's lots of discussion about it, but I picked one of them and went with it. So be here for that. Always giving you the opportunity to be armed so that you might wrestle with theology and even have a little fun with wrestling as well.